Do, doing it in the back is your yeah yeah getting it done to me in the back in the yeah, back yeah, yeah, yeah. getting it from the back getting yeah. it hard getting in the, the back, back. Yeah. welcome back to another exciting episode of the careful boys where today we get a little bit maybe opportunistic that's the word we're thinking opportunity okay but. here's the question what was the best opportunity you ever received what? I know. I got a good one. I was Ooh. just talking about it. I love the quickness of that. So I had, uh, it's because it just like worked. So I had a, uh, what made me think of it is I had a intern this week from my old high school. I was a basketball player. I played basketball my whole life. And so him and I are sharing stories. His coach was still my coach, et cetera, et cetera. So we had a lot of ties in. One of my best opportunities that I fucked up because I was an idiot 17 year old. Uh, I had the chance, and basketball was my whole life. I had the chance to um, work out with a guy who worked for Duke which is the best basketball program in the world. And he basically rated me uh, on what I needed to improve, et cetera, et cetera, to get to college. Because you're trying to get to pro. The level. next level, yeah. And obviously I knew I wasn't like Duke level, but he was at that level so he could rev it all up. So I work out for him and he was like kind of a dick, but um, he was like stern with it. You know, like, hey man, you gotta work on all this. But he was real with it. Find out later, like six months later, he recommended my name and got me into like a Nike elite camp, which is actually made for like all American level shit. And I wasn't at that level, but I was, I was good. Can you uh, dunk? I used to. But these are like the pipelines where like like LeBron James's kids. All of them, yeah. Like now it's on Dwayne Wade's yeah. kids, they would go to these camps yeah. so they and the scouts are already there and that's how you would like kind of work yeah. through. Especially back in the day. Now there's AAU, which is little there was AAU then, but it wasn't as big. It was still a thing. But Nike Elite Camp was like it, man. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. two hundred best in the nation. And then I'm a knucklehead. And if you don't go to those, you're not going to the pros. Why didn't you go? I had like a bunch of like, I was just an egotistical kid. My best friend died that year. Like a bunch of crazy shit happened. And then like some of it for sure was like feeling like imposterish, you know, like, oh man, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna get fucking dunked on. I'm gonna look like an idiot. Like I'm actually not that good. Like fear of failure all tied in, which you don't know when you're 17, but that would have changed like trajectories. Like not that I'd be LeBron James, but I could be playing in Europe. I could be, I could have gone to a division one school instead of junior college. Cause some people wish they had a ring. It was like the Willy Wonka ticket for basketball. Sure. Wow. Yeah. Can you backwards dunk? No. No, I was never there. No, no, I was not good. Bro, I'm fine. Can you do a one-hand Jordan dunk from the free throw line? No. Okay. A tomahawk dunk? <laughs> no. I'm like, I'm slip. I'm five nine Italian. I'm slipping them over the rim. What about off the backboard 360? Can you do that? On nine five. I could probably do a barbell right now. Uh, in terms of your play style, yeah. what would be like a similar NBA? Like Ja Rule? Or I was, like... I was a, a Jason Kidd, Steve Nash. No way. Yeah, yeah. I, I led the nation in assists. That's tight. Yeah, my senior year. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Sick. Yeah. That's pretty fucking yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, we were in it. That That's was tight. definitely a Willy Wonka ticket. You just burned it. Yeah, burned it. Yeah, that was all like that was like literally with your question. Opportunity, uh fuck. What was the first year or first time you had a chance to even look back at it and go, damn, I fucked that one up? Like probably, the next day or probably what? the next year. Cause then I'm at junior college and I was really lucky to have a good coach and he's like so good about like team building and like just hard work and work ethic. Like he's just philosophically so good. So then I go to junior college in Vallejo, if you guys know where that is, mm -hmm. not a great place. And like, everyone's just there for themselves. Everyone's like a knucklehead. They're so all like, right in. Yeah, no bro, I'm a team player. Oh, so just let nation assists. Thanks Steve. God, well so he just said he was a knucklehead and egotistical. I was, but like not with the team, like more just internally, just being a teenager, Gosh, you know? That's so like confusing. even that year is when I quit. Uh, and I just kind of knew like, man, I, I, chose the wrong direction. I'd rather be the worst player. Like I had opportunities to play at St. Mary's, yeah, which yeah. was really good at the time. And I would have sat at the bench, but I would have been like 
in March Madness sitting on the bench. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they made it to the Sweet 16, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I would have sat at the end of the bench, high five and handed towels, but it would have been fucking dope. Duke is the best basketball program in the world? University of Kansas, probably. Good. University of oh. Kansas is probably historically. Always top five, though. Yeah, but Duke's always, their, their coach did just retire, who was like the most epic coach of all time, but they're, they're top, yeah, Coach K, yeah. I don't know shit about him. Just yeah, top five. They're, they're definitely top More five. More epic than John Wooden? No. Nah, maybe. John Wooden and Coach K are the best of all time. Oh, I see. Hands down. So, like, not for this to be, like, a super depressing video yeah. and stuff like that, but what's the silver lining that you feel you got out of not going to the Willy Wonka Golden Ticket? Not getting your dream. Probably, like, probably like the taking more opportunities. Like, all right, I'll show up and suck. Like, even the first time, like, Bart brought me here. Like, I knew y'all's channel was huge. First time I was here, Joe, what, 2013? Yeah. No, huge. Was huge. Biggest yeah. channel in the game. <laughs> I'm saying when I was, but I had, like, no YouTube. I didn't even have my YouTube channel. Uh -huh. And I'm 2013. We just kind of lifted weights a couple times. He's like, hey, you want to come? I'm like, oh, shit. You've been here way before 2013. Maybe 2012. That's way before. Yeah. But that's a long time ago. But same idea. And I was nervous as shit. I was probably 23 years old. Like, damn, I don't even know what YouTube is. Like, we were doing fitness content, but no one cared about that. Like, you guys were legitimate YouTube. And I was like, all right, well, here we go. And I was just like, all right, fuck it, I'll show up. Stuff like that. I'm a pretty shy dude to begin with. I'm comfortable with y'all because I know y'all, but. That's why your name's Silent Mike. Yeah, literal. Even mm -hmm. though you're like pretty loud. Once room. you know me, yeah, yeah. you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thank you for sharing. Thank you. Thanks, class. Thanks. Thanks. And now you got a popcorn, somebody. I don't know what that. Oh, who's next? Yeah. I remember popcorn. I don't. Class. What's that mean? You say popcorn, and then the next person. Popcorn. Nick. I didn't even think. I didn't even think about mine. I don't think we had popcorn, dude. That. He, <gasps> I thought you would live a life of a lot of regret, regrets. <laughs> Why? For me? Yeah. Why? That's a fucking stab. That is. Why? But it's kind of good. Because Nick has a forlorn look on his face at all times. Forlorn. As if he's sitting on a dock looking on in the horizon. And he's like, ah. Yeah. That's where that's the that's the catalyst of his pessimism. Oh, it's yeah. reaching because I fucked that up and I fucked this up and I fucked that shit. No, that's up. that's kind of true though. I feel like that a lot, you know, In a lot of ways. This is getting but, serious. Uh, but as far as like I wanna say opportunity, man, but when I started fighting, I thought that was I really thought I was gonna do something with that as far as like going pro and that was like a, a big dream of mine but like uh, when I started getting those concussions I just was like dude I'm fuck I just kept telling myself like fuck it I'm not built for this I can't do this but that's a smart move that's yeah no 100%, 100% but as far as like what my heart wanted at the time and what like my mindset and now I'm like dude it was kind of a good opportunity I'm so glad that that happened to me because <laughs> You know, what, fighting is great and it's cool, but it's definitely not, there's so many different ways to make money, you know, and at that time, like it was definitely a passion, but I think it, it just forced me to be creative with uh, what I did with my life afterwards. Like I didn't think, I, I just kept following things that I liked doing, like coaching and I'm just working with people and I think that was just better for me for the sake of the prompt yeah. Was there something that was specifically like what you would consider the best opportunity that you received in that? No, I, I don't say I think I think when I when I left my the gym that I was at for like 10 years that was like The opportunity for me where I was like, oh shit There's like the world just seemed like it got bigger and it was like a forced opportunity. It was more of like they kick you out No, well not really, no. It, it What's was, your opportunity? I got kicked out of yeah, that. Kind of though. Yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't. It wasn't like I got kicked out. It was just more of like my time here is done. I think. It's did you Did you come to that understanding because like a, something else was offered to you? No, it was more of like me realizing that like it hit a wall. Yeah, there's nothing here, and it, it, it forced me to create a new opportunity that I didn't think I could ever do. 
like I thought everything my whole life was in that gym everybody I knew was in that gym my family like mm-hmm. I, I looked at it as like my my family uh, like my main family and then when I left I was like I was like super scared I was like fucking kind of depressed a little bit and just like not knowing what the fuck was gonna happen and I didn't know if I had the ability to like make a living once I left that place uh, and as far as like my community was was all tied in there so when I left I was like just really scared and um, just unsure about the future but I think that opportunity forced me to to create new ones for myself you know? yeah you have brought that story up before and that, that feels like a very fucking pivotal moment yeah, of your journey moment. that's yeah, big mm-hmm. how old were you then it's like 25 okay so not even that long yeah. ago. no actually no not even I was I was I was older I was like 27 20 25 27. so like last week yeah yeah basically sick but now I'm like, now what the fuck am I gonna do? That's the silver lining. I wake up every day thinking that though. Yeah, no, but but it's fine because you, you realize like, okay, I did it before, I could do it again. This world it's opened. Just, yeah, the world opened up a lot. It was a lot bigger for me. Because I was very insulated, I think. Was it money-based? It was money-based. Because I never once thought about how I was gonna make money as an adult. As a kid? Or just even now. Yeah. Well, that that's is a, a privileged good. mindset. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm a lucky dude for sure. Like I do make money, like you've been. Obviously I work, but like, I've never been like, oh, I'm gonna be a lawyer or whatever. Like, all I knew is I love basketball, and then all I know now is like, all right, well, I you were interest based. I do this, yeah, kind of yeah. like, well, I kind of know how to do this. I hope you're reincarnated into an Asian family when you get so, reborn. I don't know how well, to take that. But you probably don't do things that's risky <laughs> to get you in situations where you're like, oh, I need money now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you feel that like you feel your back against the wall, and you just feel like yeah, you just go. That, that anxiety is like, oh, what the fuck am I gonna do? You're waking up in the middle of the night, like freaking the fuck out, having panic attacks, yeah. and then you realize like, oh yeah, you're tripping about fucking not like not it's, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that big of a deal. It doesn't matter. What up, guys? This episode of Off the Record is brought to you by Factor Meals. I know we are all busy in this day and age. We all got things to do. We got school work, trying to work out, trying to spend time with all of our relationships, our families. So a lot of times food is the last thing that is on your mind, but we all have to eat, which is why I love Factor Meals because they are flavorful meals and healthy delivered straight to your door. And there's a bunch of different options, calorie smart, veggie, vegan, protein plus. So no matter what your goals are, you can find a meal that's gonna help you. And all of these are delicious dietitian approved meals, meaning they're professionally put together to make sure they hit specific caloric requirements all while tasting amazing. Head to factormeals.com slash off the record 50 and use the code off the record 50 to get 50% off. That's off the record 50 at factormeals.com slash off the record 50 to get 50% off. Get fed, get some flavor, and stay healthy. How we been broke is different than like broke. Like I know if my world explodes, I can sleep on Bart's couch, I can sleep on my mom's yep. couch. You know what I mean? That kind of makes nice me feel safe. Couch too, right? yep. You know what I mean? Like that kind of gives me confidence to kind of just fuck around. Did you just skim over the fact that you have panic attacks? Yeah, but I think that's normal. I think everyone has that shit. I don't think so. How many do you get? Well, so. at that time, I would just like, I would just like freaking the fuck out. Cause it was, it was, it was just everything. A dude with ears like you saying that's a little scary, bro. <laughs> No, but like, you know, I would I would just be just super excited. I'd wake up in the middle of the night, just like cold, hot sweats. Yeah, that, no, no, not everybody does. I've been there, but not everybody does that. Yeah, that's... that's but I think I've been there. But at a time of high stress, in a time where 
you just everything's uncertain i think that is normal like i think yeah. that does happen it does happen so how'd, how'd you get past the panic attack just suck it up dude you suck it up <laughs> and you just fucking pull that's inspiration bootstrap pulling boot, bootstraps but but no not, no not just your bootstraps but i feel Sandy like any packs for him when you feel like that's your means of survival and then that's i don't want to say taken away from you it just force it just puts fire on your ass and it makes you move forward. i like it that's the fighter we know. You take you take a deep breath and then you go, oh, I'm up. It's 3 a.m. Let me do the fucking emails because yeah. I'm afraid about money and then this yeah. is gonna get me money. Yeah. Or or you just go, okay, emails. I'm fucking up. I'm gonna go back to sleep tomorrow, but tomorrow I'm gonna fucking get all the shit done I need to get done or whatever. I don't like panic attacks. I don't either. I used to have them so have much them. in waking up. Just wake up like three in the morning, four in the morning, like something's chasing you. Yeah. But yeah, like yeah. what the fuck? Like yeah. just feeling, having like weird dreams about shit, you know? Well, it's only bad when you wake up and it's still bad. Oh, yeah. Right? Like in those situations, like you're actually broke or something's bad and you wake up and you're like, oh fuck, it's real. Because you, you do that with a nightmare and then yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah. oh, that was a vampire. I get nightmares. So. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. scary. But when you wake up and you're like, fuck, the problem's still there. But that's it, not fun. But also in the grand scheme of things too, that's like I, I was still living at home. Like I didn't really have, like it, yeah. it, it was, I was fine. It was right. just my own bullshit yeah, yeah. that I created yeah. in my own head. So it's like. Well, I mean, that's real for you. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Definitely. But I think it made me better for it. Like it taught me how to be more of a man and less of a boy, I think. Hey, yo. You almost said woman, huh? I'm a little bit of a woman, dude. I think we all <laughs> That's are. That's okay. A little bit. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Let's uh, popcorn somebody, huh? Uh, Anthony Lee, what about you? Yeah, you gotta Anthony. say popcorn and then... Popcorn you, Anthony Lee. Oh, man, all right. <laughs> <laughs> lost opportunities. No, it, it wasn't. It could lost. be a good one. It could be a good one. I started negative. Yeah, it's supposed to be a good one. I right? literally said what was the best opportunity. Yeah. Oh my god. This, this, is a, this has been a dark video. Yeah, yeah. my bad. Lost it's like the opportunities of the female. What? Last opportunity. Best opportunity. Best, best opportunity. Oh, I just heard opportunity. Oh, yeah, it was the best opportunity yeah, that was, I fucked up. Bad. I just no, happened to okay. fuck it up. No, it was. Yeah, Willy yeah. Wonka. I was, was right. Lost opportunities. Really it yeah. just went dark. It was really good. Yeah. No, but the, it's, we're going for the best opportunity. It was yeah. the best opportunity you received, even if you burned it and threw it yeah, away yeah, and regret yeah. it for the rest of your life. And when life. I think opportunity, maybe people think different. When I think opportunity, I think like luck in a sense. Mm. Like it just it happens to like to you. Yeah, yeah. Like I didn't do it. It happens for you. Cause yeah, yeah. Other good things happen that I like made happen yeah you I know mean, what i mean so much but that's still an opportunity war. though in a lot of work like i right? fucking built that shit yeah, yeah, but yeah. that one just kind of happened for me well they all they all work in the same because even like getting a, a a promotion at your job sure. is an opportunity but you earned that right? yeah yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Like, let's talk about the definition for the rest of the video <laughs> <laughs> popcorn steve yeah hit his ass you gotta go you gotta go i popcorn you you gotta respect my popcorn no, you gotta give your example. Best opportunity that you fucking squandered. <laughs> that was not the prompt. Threw down the drain. Okay, well I had a I had a an answer for the first prompt, but squandered is different. No, just go back yeah, to just the go back to your first prompt. We want you to win, Thanks, guys. Yeah, we want you to Joe. win. Hurry up. Uh, all right, first thing that comes to mind actually is when uh, I got booked to be the choreographer for a Chinese TV show called Hot Blood Dance Crew. It was a dance reality competition. And then uh, pre Kinjas, during Kinjas, during Kinjas. This is like 2015 or some shit like that. And this is actually the event where I met both Luhan and Jackson Wang, guys that I've talked about on the show. They're like superstars, Mike in China. Yeah, oh. like so, Justin Bieber level, right? Yeah, oh. super huge. Um, Musicians, and, uh, artists, artists. Yeah, 
but they also danced because they were part of like K-pop groups and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. And then they, they broke out and did their own like solo careers and stuff and got like super huge and whatnot. Chris Breezy types. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. More like beating, JT types. Beating bitches and more like like take leaving NSYNC, uh, making your whole career. I'm a big JT you know I mean? fan. Yeah, and then uh, from there, because I went on that show, I was, I was a choreographer. I was actually supposed, uh, there's two dance teams that go like head to head. And then they were the captains of one team with like oh. other dancers, and then there's these two other artists. And I was supposed to be these two artists choreographers. But they're losers? No, I won't say <laughs> they're that. They're more like Backstreet Boys? They're just different flavor. Oh, right? okay. Uh, one of them uh, is a chick, the other one uh, just is not my flavor. Did you know these people as you go in? I kind of knew of these two. I didn't really know these two, but I've heard of them. Uh, and I came in, I was supposed to be their choreographer because the choreographer that was supposed to be for these two had worked with one of them before already. So there was already a relationship, right? So we all brought our teams. I brought some other kinders with me. This guy brought some of his like dance energy with him. And then we go there and then the first episode is all four of them work with a different choreographer just to do an initial showcase, the artists, before like the dancers come in as a team and we were the choreographers. And then I remember watching, and then like uh, super amazing, but like gay dude was choreographing for the chick over here, and then the other dude did this other collab, and these two did some badass hip hop routines with these other two like guest choreographers. And I remember being like, man, that's our flavor. I don't know how I'm gonna work with this. So I went slide, and I went back to the producers, and I was like, hey, I think you guys should switch the choreographers for these two teams. Because if you think about it, this group and who they brought, is gonna work really well, mesh with this talent, and then I think what we do in our specifics are gonna mesh really well with this. So if you want a really bomb show to, that brings out the best, I think we should switch. And it worked. But the crazy thing is, we won that show after we switched. We ended up going through that season and winning that show. And since then, I've worked with those guys every single year up to oh, this day. One of those guys wow. I just finished the tour with in China this past year. The other guy joined our crew and we're like oh, damn. super, super close homies. I have a matching tattoo with the guy I just did the tour with. I have a matching tattoo with the other dude, Jackson. Awesome. And we like the So this is not that special. Not that special. It's not, not that, that special. special. Wow. Who else do you have a matching tattoo with? Fuck. You, Nick. It's a big deal. Ours, that, ours is bigger. But that sounded like you made the <laughs> opportunity happen. It sounds like you pulled some strings <laughs> and then you gave yourself. Hey, I received the opportunity yeah. and then I did my best yeah. with it. It's awesome. Dude. But it, I, I never would have thought one, we'd win and two, we would actually go on to become hella good friends and That's continue tight. working every Because a lot of people get presented an opportunity and they don't optimize it. Yeah. They just take it for face value. You got something and you somehow made it even better. Yeah, were you nervous doing that? Oh. That kind of shit makes me nervous. I wasn't, I don't think Like to bring up that conversation? Yeah. To bring that up right here? Yeah, no, 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 uh, there. Like, hey man, I need to work with that dude. And to make that happen makes to me To be completely honest, I feel like that's one of my random skill sets. To do that in the back, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, more than just being a talented individual that can get the job done, I feel like figuring out what the right job to do is, is one of my things. Yeah. Doing it in the back is your one yeah. of Yeah, getting it done to me in the back. In the yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting yeah. it from the back. Getting yeah. it hard in the, the back. In the back. Yeah. yeah, popcorn Steve while we still got two minutes. <laughs> okay, easy, no problem. Um, which time, right? So my whole life is about being early to things, I think. Like I, um, in 2008. But you're late to JK all the time. Hey, but, get, but and so is he. But no, be, being early to like, you know, like like YouTube when it was first coming up, right? Oh, yeah. Like I had just come from improv and I was like, I don't know how, like I'm trying to get into the like 
the actor business stuff and I was like, I don't know how that's gonna work out, but I, I met a bunch of people like doing tubes early days. And so I just kind of like found myself in with like some of the biggest people on YouTube like really early because nobody like really knew about YouTube back then. And so, um, yeah, I'm like working with like all these big tubers and they offer to hire me. They're like, hey, come work for us. Like, like maker studio. Yeah, we need a writer. Like we, we come work for us and I was like, I was like, you know what, fuck it. My girlfriend's dad at the time, he's like, you'll never make money writing ever because he was a, a failed actor. Uh, oh, yeah. shit. Bitter as fuck, yeah, about it. She's like, you'll never make money writing in Hollywood and shit. And so he's the first motherfucker I call when I got that gig, right? <laughs> Took him out to dinner. <laughs> I wasn't making much. I wasn't making much, right? But I was I was. But like, you got a job. my yeah. job, motherfucker. Yeah. Deal with it. Suck my dick. All right, so then. Um, nice. Yeah, so then I'm early to tubes, and then I remember <laughs> I was tubing it and tubing it, right? And um, helping all these tubers write their shitty ass content, right? <laughs> and it was garbage stuff, right? Real trash stuff we're putting out there. And, um, and then um, I got in with all these really cool people. I met Cassim, I met Hyamron, I met like, you know, Mike Gallagher, all these people that I've been working with forever. And then, um, you know, a couple years into that, they, they were like, hey, we want you to just come on here full time. No more making stuff for your channel, just work for us. And I was like, fuck you. I'm doing my own channel, I'm betting on myself. So I was like, give me Fridays. Give me Fridays. On Friday, I'm going to go film with my crew and like, I'll be yours from Monday to Thursday. And they're like, fine. And so every Friday, I would just go and like get George Kimmel and like we would just go to the fucking um, Venice boardwalk and I'd just figure out what I'm gonna do the night before. And then I was doing that and doing that and finally, it just it took a long time, dude. I was probably getting like, I don't know, I was getting like no views on my videos, a couple thousand, right? And then all of a sudden it just started to click. It just started to hit. Started like uploading. Every time I uploaded, I got a million views eventually. And that was like insane. And then during that, I was like, okay, this is scary, unsustainable as fuck. There's no way I'm gonna get a million views every time I upload. What am I going to do next? How do I pivot into the next thing? So then I started writing movies. Me and Mike were writing movies like at his place for free. Nobody's paying us. We're just doing it. We're writing movies on spec. And we just kept on writing movies. We wrote like, fuck, I don't even know how many movies, right? And then got lucky there. Like we're, you know, using parlaying tuber shittiness with meeting Hollywood people. They were interested in our numbers, right? So like, we don't care what's on your stupid script, give us the numbers. And so then that's when I sold my movie Internet Famous, right? And they were like, cool, who's gonna be in it? And I'm like, me, motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like shit like that, it's just like stepping out and being like, I, it's me. And then like being like, did that work? And they're like, sure, okay. And I'm like, whoa, that worked, holy shit. <laughs> uh, and then during that even, I was like, okay. I was like, I remember my mom was visiting me one time and she's like, Steven, there's no plan. There's no plan, Steven. He, he's like, when, she's like, when when grandma goes, like, your dad's idea, she starts crying, she's like, your dad's idea is we're gonna move into a Motel 6, Steven. And I was like, shit, I gotta figure a way. <laughs> I gotta figure a way to make sure that my mom's not gonna have to worry about money. And then, I was like, oh yeah, I bought this thing called Bitcoin in 2013. I was like, wonder what like the newest shit's going on with crypto stuff. So then I found Ethereum when it was like fucking five bucks and shit, right? And I was like, dang, I really think this is sick. So I, I put like probably 15K into it back then. And that was like fucking maybe the move of my life, right? <laughs> that was like unbelievable. It was like, that was like three months before it broke out and like went to fucking like insane amounts, right? Then I got a little bit wrecked there, right? <laughs> I got, a little, got a little wrecked. Um, parlayed into another crypto. 
Uh, from Ethereum, should have probably just kept my Ethereum stack. I had a big old boy stack, right? That's <laughs> um, then I was in this other crypto, right, called OMG. We were riding, we rode it. Um, that was the first time we made a mill. That was it. It was the first time we made just to about and, a mill. And hold on too, more, yeah. too much. Then, yeah, ooh, we learned to not hold for too long, right? <laughs> then we got wrecked on that one for a little while. But then, hey, we kept buying the lows. We were yeah. smart. We kept buying those lows up, right? Scoopy, scoopies. Scoopy season. So then, you know, sure enough, we go into SNX. We get into, well, first of all, OMG comes back. Then we get into SNX. Then we get into, like, yeah. fucking Luna and Vesper. shit. We ride that motherfucker to $1.2 million from a $28,000 investment. That was fun. Quite a ride. You were at, what, 35? Uh, I started at 110K, and I went to 1.6 million. But when it, when it came back after one point, oh, no, no, no. When it came back, what, you were, what was your lowest amount? You were at, like, 30? I was at 110K. Oh, uh, at... at uh, I was under that, yeah. Like, under thirty, yeah, right? like sixty thousand dollars. Sixty thousand, right? Into one point six. That was yep. fun. So then, now here we are, right? The precipice, the dawn is coming. Right? Been <laughs> been scooping and scooping for fucking twenty months right now, right? And you feel the same energy. Oh, buddy, I got. I'm dialed in. You're tingling. <laughs> I can feel it. <laughs> I can feel it. I'm ready. I'm dialed into the fucking game, dude. Get ready, cause I'm about to blow everyone's fucking mind again. We're going to do it again. So I say at the end of every one of my Crypto Corner episodes, we are going to do it again. Watch what happens next. And we're wooing. We're wooing and we're coochieing, baby. Coochie? Kujira. That's this baby. <laughs> yeah, two of them. <laughs> you sponsored? No, I'm not sponsored. sponsored I make this shit myself. I don't take a dime from these motherfuckers. Yeah, he made that necklace. He made the hat. He made everything. Yep. Yeah, I wonder when too. they're gonna send a cease and desist. I got woo shoes on. No, dude, they love me. They got, he's got woo socks on. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do it again, Crypto Corner, baby. That's dedication. That's opportunity. That's making opportunity. Damn right. Always, I'm always early. Maybe I get wrecked for a little while, but I, I'm always on to the next one. We'll, oh, do, we'll redo this prompt in a couple months, dude. And all our stories are going to be about Woo. It's going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be right. It's going to be right. I got to buy more Woo. I need some Woo.